Hey everyone, it's Tom Kradza, and on this episode of the Your Life, Your Term show, we sit down with a millennial. Callum Wallace came in to sit down, and the reason I'm laughing here is I sometimes I think Nick and I feel we, our generation, is stuck a bit between the baby boomers, which have had a huge impact on the world and the economy, especially in North America, obviously, and then the millennials, which have a, a strong and growing voice, and there's our generation kind of stuck. What are we? I think we're Generation X or something like that. Uh, we're stuck in the middle of the two, and so we hear the baby boomers on one side, we hear the millennials on the other side, and we kind of feel like sometimes we're in a negotiating between between two strong parties here. So uh, uh, Callum, we met from, he is the son, uh, let me get this straight, he is the son of the guy who built our new offices that we bought from, can't even speak today. We bought some new offices from a, a great guy, Terry Wallace. His company name is Penalta. Through that process, we met his son. We got to know that he got into real estate. He started investing some properties. He's actually flying planes a lot now, which we I don't think we even talk about on the podcast. Um, traveling around the world, doing some cool things. So in our attempt to learn what other Canadians are doing, especially, especially millennials, we thought, hey, Callum, come on the podcast and let's sit down and chat and get to know each other better. So that's what we're doing on this episode. And listen, if you are looking to get into real estate yourself, like Callum is doing when he's buying properties and fixing them up and selling them like we're all doing here at Rockstar, if this is something that you want to get into and you're not sure where to start, the thing that we get told the most is that our book, Income for Life for Canadians, was really helpful to get people started. You can pick up a free copy of that book at www.rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books. That's www.rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books. It's called Income for Life for Canadians. We got to check how many th times this thing's been downloaded at this point. We must be closing in on 100,000, I would imagine. You can get a free copy for it at www.rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books. It's there along with the other books that we have put out. They're all available free. And the reason that they're available free is because we're trying to share a lot of good information with you in hopes that one day you'll say, hey, these guys have a lot of good things to say. Maybe I'll work with them one day and buy some real estate. That's the whole idea. That's why we're sharing this. If you're wondering why we're giving these books away for free, because you can buy them on Amazon if you want to go that route too. That's it. Let's get on with the episode. Are you ready to live life on your terms? Is it time to take charge? Real estate, business building, the economy, health and nutrition, and more. It's the Your Life, Your Term Show with Tom and Nick Carazza. Are you ready? Let's go. We are live with Callum Wallace. Awesome. You're, that name sounds serious, man. Callum Wallace. I think it's Scottish. It, it, yeah, it's got, I was going to say, it's got a, it sounds very Braveheart-ish. Yeah. Pull yeah. The, come close to the mic. Come close my, to the mic. Don't be scared <laughs> of the mic. You come right into the mic there. Uh, that's okay. My father's Welsh and my mother's English, so maybe they just compromised. Okay. Because I was going to say, yeah, when I talked to your dad, he's, he's always very, he's proudly Welsh. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. doesn't say Scottish, but the no. last name just comes across very Scottish. I'm a huge, a huge Braveheart fan. Yeah. So when I hear Wallace, I just think Scottish. And someone, someone who knows you guys was asking me about you. And I'm like, I, I don't know. I don't think they're Scottish. No. Yeah. No, no. Born and raised in Canada. Milkville. Got it. Pull it closer. Nah. Move that angle. Yeah. We, we, everyone wants to hear you. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Yeah. Now we can. Okay. There we go. Let me right juice you up here a little bit. Nice. Um, so you were just telling me that you had 
why are you building squat racks? And and how did this this begin? You're building squat racks at home? Yeah, this basically began just when uh, when COVID hit and everything shut down and everyone was on lockdown for a while and gym equipment was uh, almost impossible to find. I, uh, you know, just I was I was googling squat racks, can't find anything. Saw some people making them out of metal, and I decided, okay, I can I can do this. I've I we'll we'll talk about it. But I flipped a couple houses. I started to get you know, build my inventory of tools and I'm like, I'm going to build a squat rack and try and sell it. So I ended up, uh, I'd buy the material from Home Depot. It was about $140 of material, throw it together and, uh, and sell it for about 350 give or take. What are you building the squat rack out of? What? Dude, like, like literally it had four columns. This two by sixes. <laughs> I'd, okay. I'd, two by sixes. Okay. Two by sixes. I envisioned two by fours. I'm like, how wobbly is the squat rack? No, it's solid. I had a pull up bar at everything. And, uh, and what I was saying is I, I managed to grab a, a little bit of um, the CrossFit material from a guy in Toronto before COVID hit. Yeah, wait, before we even get to that, hold on a second. You you, you, you build a squat rack out of two by sixes, and this squat rack, like, it's holding up a, a, a bar and weights on the bar? Oh, yeah, it was solid. It was like, it was the, the four-column one. Uh, and I had, like, safety rails, which was, like, some something from Home Depot that I guess, like, a plumber uses or something going, going through as the safeties. And, uh, but then I got all the CrossFit stuff, and, and I put it all on. So it was like two thousand dollars of uh, gym equipment on there, which is what I used for all the pictures and all that. So that's how you, I was selling it. Okay, got it. You loaded up with a beautiful bar, beautiful bumper, kind of bumper plates. plates everything on there. was on there. It was beautiful. And people you start selling these things out of your garage. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Just and you had people Gigi, buying them. Facebook Marketplace, the, the works. My so Nick, I don't. I mentioned to you this briefly. Nick was desperate for a squat rack during the whole COVID thing and he couldn't get any fitness equipment. I'm shocked that he didn't find you. Yeah. I'm no. still shocked that people were buying wooden squat racks from you though. Oh, like it's that's, hilarious. that's pretty, yeah. uh, that's a pretty desperate move. People, people would show up with their like Honda Civic to load this massive thing. I'm like, man, we're just, we're going to, okay, we're going to take it apart because then I'd be unscrewing it all. And in my head, I'm like, dude, you can just go home deep and build <laughs> this thing and throw it together yourself. Cause you're basically going to put it back together. But are you yeah. still selling squat racks out of your no, garage? No, no, okay, no. That was just when I, I don't know, had something to do for, for a couple of weeks. And you said pull-up bars too? You were building some portable pull-up bar mechanism? It was on the, the squat rack at the top. So you just had a higher part? And Seven then some... foot high, and then I put another, taped it up, hockey tape around, so you had a bit of grip. And Dude, I can't believe you're selling this. <laughs> you hockey taped it up. Oh, you bought, you hockey taped the bar. Okay, so yeah, you had some yeah, grip around, on it. It was like a plumbing <laughs> bar. It would, it would leave like I, a residue. I thought you hands. were hockey taping like the wood to some post no, no, or something. No. I'm like, that's not going to hold. It, it, looked, it looked pretty legit when it was all done. Do you have some kind of like woodworking background? No, just a couple of houses that I've recently flipped and okay, figured got it. it out. Yeah, yeah. I'm really impressed, dude. The fact that COVID breaks out and you figure out how to profit from uh, going to Home Depot and throwing some wood together because people are looking for fitness yeah, equipment yeah, is pretty impressive. Throw a couple together a day. Your father must be, must have been impressed by this. <laughs> I don't even know if he knows about it. Oh, really? <laughs> we'll see. So, and, and I should say this. The reason we even know each other right now is from your father. We bought the Rockstar offices and uh, we invited you on the podcast and I think the first time that I, I met you was in the Penalta offices and you were, you had a drone picture or you were handling a drone cause you were on vacation somewhere. Where, where was that? Uh, you remember you were like on some Island. I feel like yeah, in I think Europe it was Fiji. somewhere. Oh, it was Fiji. Yeah. I brought my drone to Australia and Fiji when I traveled and, and kind of, that was before all the drone laws came in. I don't think I could pass now. So how old are you? 
I'm 25. And you were just were you just traveling around the, this uh, world trip kind of thing that you were doing? A little bit. I, I uh, after high school, I went over to Britain and played hockey for a year in Britain, and uh, it was super fun, super great. But the weather's like miserable. So after I was done that, I went straight to wherever I could learn to surf. That was the next. That was the next goal. So, so and then I lived in Australia for about about three months. So you grew up playing hockey. Yeah. What yeah. position? I was. Uh, defense playing hockey most of my life here in Oakville but then when I went overseas and tried out I was now playing with men and I'm I'm like 5'8 so you just walked, so they brought me in on? they put me into uh, center so I was playing center over there when I never played forward really but and you walked onto a team over there and just tried out yeah like I emailed them it was um I have British citizenship, so I didn't count as an import player, but they, uh, I emailed them for like two years. They never replied to me, never replied to me. And I had my Australia trip booked. And then three days before my flight, they said, hey, do you want to come for a tryout? So I'm like, sure. And I just paused the Australia trip, flew out there, and, and ended up staying. And but you played for how long? Just one season over Did you there. get paid? Not a lot. They give you like, uh, you get like, there's a couple team cars. They put you up and all that. Like they call it professional over there. Yeah, got it. That's really? where I'm headed. I'm like, dude, yeah. you're, I didn't know you were an ex-professional hockey no, player. No. I would be milking that story all day <laughs> no, long. I don't tell people that. It doesn't. Uh, an OHL <laughs> team here would have probably kicked their ass over there. And in the British League, is it a very powerful hockey league over there? What does that look like? Yeah, it's not bad. It's the They have a couple different uh, tiers over there. They have um, the Elite League at the top and then the NIHL. Um and uh, you're basically playing. I played for the only Welsh team, Cardiff, and uh, all the other teams are basically in England. Scotland has a team, and, and Ireland has a team. But I like had no idea there's some hockey league over there. No, no, not many people. Are there, there other Canadians floating around on these teams? Yeah, yeah. There's lots of Canadians playing over there. They're basically the ones that they couldn't get anywhere else. <laughs> like, I, I, yeah, I don't tell. I don't tell a ton of people about that. But uh, well, now you just told a ton of people. Yeah, right? so, now, uh, now they know. That's out of the bag. But <laughs> um, so you played this for a year. That's a good. That's a that's a good way. This is after I guess you're. How old are you now? Did you go to school? I don't know anything about yeah, you. Yeah. High school? Did you go to university? I did not. Like after after I came back, I decided oh maybe I should go to college. So I did a year there and realized no that's not for me. Yeah, good and then for I you. found Figuring real estate out. after that. Yeah, slowly figured it out. So hockey and then after hockey, right on this Fiji trip, Australia trip. Yeah, I, Fiji came later, but I went straight to Australia. I stayed there and just traveled the East Coast from top to bottom. Yeah, good for you, man. It was, it was, yeah, it was good. How long were you gone for? Uh, about three months for yeah. the first time. I came back, and then I came back, back here, tried college for a year, and then I uh, ended up back again, back to Australia. And why do you think school wasn't for you? Is it being uh, trapped in a classroom? Learning yeah, style? I was never good at school, to be honest. Like, I was the kid, you know, when you're in school, in high school, and everyone's like, partner up. <laughs> Nobody would be coming to me because they know that I wouldn't be doing a whole lot of work. But, but uh, yeah, I just, I don't know. Grew up in Oakville? Grew up in Oakville, went to Oakville, Trafalgar. Got it. Okay. And then, uh, so you do all this stuff and then real estate, like you, I guess you growing up, I guess you saw your father go through construction, you know, the construction industry development. Mm -hmm. It didn't scare the crap out of you. Your father's been through a lot. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, for like sure. Like upsend it good and bad, but anyone who's been in construction or real estate for any time goes through like the mm -hmm. highs and the lows. Yeah. Like how, how I kind of found it actually was when I was over there in Britain, um, like they, they put you up and you get accommodation and all that, but you still don't, you don't make a lot of money and you still need some money. So we asked around and, and somebody I know that's a family friend said, Hey, I got a job for you. So I said, okay, I'll give it a try. It was in a factory. And this is like my, uh, well, the first job I had over there. It was, yeah. So we're in a factory and uh, we're building fire alarms. The ones that are in schools that you pull the handle, you know, those. So I'm on an assembly line 
of uh, of uh, this was like the most. This is a professional hockey player. Oh yeah, working, working in a factory. factory. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so how does this go? Yeah, you say he. Uh, we're on a factory. We're on a, a line of two, just me and another guy. And this guy's probably 45, 50 years old, and he's been working there. He told me for like twenty five years. And uh, he's firing these things out like crazy because he's, he's so fast at doing it. It's all by hand. You have like eight different things you have to do, and it goes down the line. He's firing them out to the point that I'm all backed up like crazy. I can't keep up with him. This guy was just the, uh, I don't want to swear on a podcast, you total a You can say whatever you want. You can say <laughs> right? whatever you want. Uh, he was total ass. He's like, you know, is your parents raise you to be this slow, you piece of shit? Like he's going off at me. And I'm like, holy, this guy's, this guy's absolute, you know. Anyways, I said to him, well, my job's way harder than your job. Like, uh, I got all these parts. You're just doing that. He's like, oh, you want to see me? Okay, switch. So right as we switch roles, the, the boss walked out. And I looked at him. I can't work with him. Look how backed up this guy is. Look how slow he is. And uh, oh man, the steam came out of that guy's ears. But that's when I kind of realized, like, you how know, did you? What get am I doing? <laughs> but so that was the wake up call. Yeah, like I don't want to be. In a, I don't want to be working here. I don't want to be, or even working for somebody else. I want to go out and do something on my own. And that's when I started getting into real estate. What, uh, and when you were over there, how did you leverage your British citizenship to start legally working there? Do you apply? You just you apply for some status, like here you get a social insurance number. You um, just kind of went through and did what you needed to question. do. That's a good question. You don't remember. I don't really You're remember. You're paid cash on the side. <laughs> yeah, You're totally much. Well, I have my my passport, my British passport, so I don't know if I needed okay, the, got it. the paperwork. Or at least I don't remember. Yeah. Doing because I've always thought that, because Nick and I both have British citizenship as well. Our mom's Scottish. Mm. And we have Croatian citizenship. And I've always thought, hmm, if I ever do want to leverage that, what, what process I'm going through? And I, I've never gone through it. But yeah, great. Good to yeah. know that you were building yeah, fire alarms, getting paid cash on the side. It sounds, <laughs> sounds like go. you had your passport so they didn't kick you out of the country. Yeah, yeah, so you I'm do so that. Sorry. You realize that that's not for you. Real estate might be something that you want to get into. Mm-hmm. You go down the path of getting your real estate license next. Is that your next move? Pretty much, Or did yeah, you come yeah. back and I, try college? I came back, tried college, and then during that year of college, I'm like, uh, you know, th- this isn't going to happen. And I think I was watching Million Dollar Listing at the time, TV show, loved it. Uh, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to get my license, right? And, uh, and then went from there. Where, what did you take in? Uh, you went to Sheridan? No, I went to George Brown for marketing. Okay, got yeah, it. Downtown? Yeah. I don't even know yeah, what George yeah, Brown Yeah, right downtown campus, Toronto. Okay. So I lived right at Front Church. Okay, downtown got Toronto. it. Um, and then you did a year of that. Mm-hmm. Then into One's real also. estate. You get your real estate license. How long yeah. did that take you? A year? Six months at the time because it was a bit different than the process is now to yeah. do it. It was um, different, but six months is still quick. It was quick. Yeah, I just missioned it out. Okay. Um, did the three courses. Uh, I got my license, joined Century 21 first. Yeah, that's right. That's when I first met you. Were, yeah. You were still a Century 21. Mm-hmm. Got it. And then you started doing, how did you start? Yeah, what was your next move then? Because I, and the, I guess the reason I'm curious here is that when I was your age, I thought getting the real estate license was the be all and end all of everything. Like you got the license and then you were like in the business. I didn't realize getting a real estate license, like any profession, the professional designation is your minimum barrier oh, to yeah. entry. Once yeah. you have that, the real work begins because getting clients is not an easy endeavor. It's like so no. many people we meet tell me, hey, I'm mm-hmm. going to get the real estate license and I'll do an odd deal here and there. And I try to explain to them that if you're going to do, if you think you're going to do part-time revenue for yourself, like make a part-time income, yeah. and that's going to be possible working a part-time schedule, 
you have another thing coming. Oh, There's yeah. no way you can work part-time and make a part-time income no, no. when you're self-employed. You, you have to work like full-time for a couple of years to make part-time income. And then after a couple of years, maybe then you'll start making a full-time income. Yeah. Did you hit the rude awakening of that realization? Yeah, I definitely think watching Million Dollar Listing and then I and I got my license. I'm like, this is gonna be sweet. Like, I can't wait. Get to buy a nice car. I'm gonna do all the works. And then uh, and then you realize, like, oh yeah, this is a little a little harder than it looks. So did you your do did you do deals with your dad with Pinal? Did you get anything? No, but he's doing commercial not, real estate, so that wasn't a good fit. Not a lot. I I did. We could talk. I did kind of transition to commercial eventually. Um, I started off just doing your your basic sphere of influence and just reaching out to everybody. The problem was everyone in Oakville that that I knew, like all my friends, their parents all own the house, and they still saw me as this little kid. So it's hard to get their business, and it's also hard when you when you're new. Why would somebody pay you you know two and a half percent commission? when they can pay somebody that's been doing this for 15 years and has all the experience and all the team and all that, you know, it's, it's, it's quite the battle. Um, so you super, switched to commercial eventually. Yeah. Commercial. So commercial is a little different. Like I, I've noticed in residential uh, people are loyal to their agent often, um, especially builders and stuff. Sometimes like they'll, they have their guy, um, versus commercial. Everybody's open to everyone. It's whoever brings them the deal they'll work with. So if I, if I bring a, piece of land that can be developed to a developer they'll use me and then i'll get the sale when they develop it and flip it and is that i didn't even know so is that your focus right now still on the commercial side with this brokerage that you're in mm -hmm. yeah i do i do most of the commercial that goes on angle brokers here at oakville okay um, cool yeah yeah which is great and then all the other agents that are there too when they get commercial they know to pass it over and commercial is a, a much more nine to five like in the real estate world i mm -hmm. i know nick and i were always astonished that the commercial guys whenever we were dealing with them, if it was like, you know, I don't know, five or six o'clock at night, they just push whatever we were dealing yeah, with to the, yeah, next, to the day. next day. Yeah, Whereas in awful. residential, I mean, five or six might just be when things are heating up. And in today's market, as you know, there's like in residential, there could be 20 offers. You're, you might be working that thing till 11 o'clock oh, yeah. at night. Like mm -hmm. it's insane. So commercial does seem like a much more structured way to go about living, yeah. dealing with commercial yeah. real estate long term. If you can carve out a niche here, but then now that let me take that back. And now now COVID hits and commercial real estate oh, actually yeah. you're you're gonna earn your chops in the next little while because yeah. commercial real estate is going through. Uh, it's gonna go through. It's, it, yeah, the next eighteen months of commercial real estate is gonna be a little bit it's painful. Gonna be tough, I don't know if you sure. heard of that one. That's a it's a, a woman a woman's store at Trafalgar and Lakeshore Mendocino. Mendocino. Okay, mm -hmm. we built that. Penal oh really? Penalta built that. Penalta yeah. built mm -hmm. that. Yeah. Oh right. dude, that's a nice store. It is. Yeah, yeah. They're, but they're, I just heard they're, they're now closing down. They're closing down. Yeah. All twenty-eight retail stores. They're going to try and go online. They didn't have a big online presence. Mm -hmm. But like that commercial. But that's that's Trafalgar Road and Lakeshore. So that's smack in the middle of downtown Oakville. Yeah. But if they have to, so that one maybe someone's going to pick it up. I would imagine they they will. But uh, twenty other re eight retail locations, commercial mm. real estate's going through its day of reckoning. So you are definitely going to earn your chops. Next <laughs> yeah, next we'll one. see how it goes. Are you are you seeing any of that yet come to you? Where you, any kind of distressed commercial real estate or people any sort of maybe not distressed, but anyone anyone panicking in that space yet? Uh, I don't know if I'd say panicking, but there I've definitely noticed. Like I have people I'm representing on on both ends right now, and the listing side is like dead. It's so hard to get. You don't. You barely getting any showings. You're, you're not getting much traffic. So nobody leasing it. But I have a couple guys that are looking for new space, uh, office particularly, and those people are like gold to have right now. As soon as I as soon as I make contact with uh, with with one of the guys over at CBRE or something like that, like they're they're on you for uh, they're following up all the time because I don't think they're getting a lot of people through. 
I don't think so either. I look at something like Oakville Place right now. I don't know if you've been in Oakville Place recently, but a whole bunch of the, not a whole bunch. I should be careful the way I frame this. It, it, there was some stores that are still not open. And when I'm walking through that mall, which isn't the highest traffic mall to begin with, mm-hmm. I've never known since no. the beginning of time. I don't know how Oakville Place stays in business, no. to tell you the truth. No, I don't but go there. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> I don't, either Maple View or you go to Sherway. Sherway, yeah, Square One, Yorktown. But uh, I don't know if those stores are going to ever open again. And then when I see that kind of vacancy, I, I'm just kind of worried for the commercial space going yeah, forward. Not that it's tough. not going to be an industry that you can survive in. I just mean there's there's that pain cycle ahead that we haven't fully seen yet. Yeah, it'll be interesting. You're going to flip back to residential probably. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> you know, and, and, um, but what what are you doing in residential? Because you, you're doing commercial real estate with your real estate license, but you're still dabbling in residential because did, did you sell a property to somebody on art? Yeah. Star? Yeah. yeah. What was it? I've so, sold, so I've sold two duplexes in Hamilton. Both of them were rep. The buyer came from uh, your agency. Okay. Got it. One of them was my own that I, my first flip that I purchased, uh, did a bunch of renos, redid one of the units entirely, and then uh, one of your agents, I can't remember her name now, it was a f- uh, girl, um, so represented how, the buyer there. How did you get into this? This is something you just want to start doing, buying and selling properties? Yeah, uh, definitely. I think I've, I've just seen so much of it, too. And, and my, my uncle's a custom home builder here in Oakville, and, uh, and Terry being in the business uh, of commercial now but he started with residential too right so yeah i remember your dad saying that mm-hmm. so you picked up uh, is uh two different properties you made them into legal second suites maybe is that what you're doing no the first one was a it was a grandfather duplex i just came in and uh it was a shared laundry in the basement which sucked so we, we separated it and i brought laundry upstairs for the upper unit uh completely did a new custom kitchen in there uh did the works and then quickly sold that then I took that money, bought another house, thinking, okay, I'm going to move into this one myself. Uh, but then it soon just became another flip. It, well, this was not a duplex. The other duplex I'm talking about was just one I sold for a client, but also by your uh, your agency. Um, Dude, when, yeah, you say, then, when you say our agency, it makes it sound like we're a, a real proper business here. <laughs> yeah, you, listen, like we're a business, but don't don't call us an agency by any means. We're just a group of people doing real estate stuff yeah, together under right the rock star, a rock star banner. But uh, I'm just giving you a hard time. But no, no. agency, okay. I'm like, whoa. Um, so uh, more properties down the pipeline? Do you see potential in yourself doing this on an ongoing basis? I mean, you're 25 to be de- starting to buy and fix up and sell properties mm-hmm. is pretty aggressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was definitely the last couple of years have been a grind. Like I've been, it's been long days and working. And then um, when COVID hit, I took the time to do ground school and actually just uh, pause the pause the flipping. I went and got my pilot's license. So now I'm incorporating that into the business a bit. Um, taking people up to Muskoka to see properties and, and kind of yeah, can be used for quite a lot of things. I'm still figuring it all out, but uh, yeah. Callum, you're all over the, I don't know uh, where you're, where you're going to end up <laughs> in real estate. You're flying, you're doing Muskoka real estate tours, pointing, pointing. You know what you should do? What? Do you have one of those planes that can land in the lakes? Not yet. No, it's that's on, it's on the list. No, if you get that, because I was I was joking with friends of mine who have a, a cottage up in Perry Sound. I'm like, I don't want to go through this traffic again because when we go up, it always happens to be just on different long weekends and stuff like that to, to visit them. I'm, I'm like, I don't want to sit in this traffic again. And I see these planes landing in all these lakes. I'm like, listen, where can I rent one of these things? Hey, you- and I thought as a surprise, wouldn't it be awesome to just tell them, hey, we're about to show up and land in front of their lake? Oh, for sure. If you can show, oh my gosh, if you can show Muskoka properties like that. Yeah. That's the plane yeah, to get, yeah. and you land in the lakes. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's that. If you got anyone? You pay the gas. I'll fly them. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even. Where do you take off with these small? Where Where did you get your pilot license? 
I did out of Burlington right here, just up uh, First Side Road in Appleby. First Side Road in Appleby has an airport? Uh, it does, yeah. yeah. Burlington Airport, Burlington Executive. And they got a big, pretty good school there going for them. And how does this, what's the process to get your pilot license? Uh, it's quite the process. It's um, like I'm, I'm uh, working on the instrument flights right now. So your first step is just, uh, it's just a private pilot license. Um, but the ground school is where most of the work is. You know, the, I think I did my, I did my trek ride and passed and I think I was at 55 hours in the plane, but the ground school is probably 200, 200 plus well, I don't hours. I have no clue what ground school is. This it's is like, like the theory, the theory, knowing how airspace works, knowing, uh, all the stuff all the you rules. never wanted to sit through in school. You're now, you've now found a reason to mm-hmm. sit into class. Oh yeah. Class. I, it was glued to it. Unlike school ever. <laughs> so I, I would have done it. So I say that I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was younger. I would have been a pilot when I'm red, green, colorblind. So yeah, got it. I always had it written off, but that was always like my dream job was to be a pilot. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Recently, I saw a doctor and we, we did more tests and I got the restriction waived off my medical. So I'm like, OK, I got to do it. That's got that's it. kind of when I when I started. Um, yeah, because I got flagged for the same thing. I'm red, green, colorblind as well. But I can make the distinction between red and green. So can I. Yeah. OK. Mm-hmm. And I, so I never quite understood when they told me I'm red, green, colorblind. It's just that if I see Christmas lights or something that are like a light green. Yeah. A certain I'll, shade. Yeah. I'll say that's white. Yeah. And so everyone's like, no, well, that's straight yeah. up green. Yeah, yeah. But a green light at a stoplight, I totally see as green. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of similar to you? Yeah. Very similar. And, and like that rule came back into play like uh, when that was made was years and years ago. There's so many backup um, options you could have if, if you're like, I think the reason it came in before was if you had radio failure in a plane, they would beam you right with a green or a red light if you can land or not, if your radio's down. But nowadays, like you, the radios are so they're built so well that they rarely ever fail. And if they do, you have two. Worst case, your phone works in the plane. If you're if you're six thousand feet below, you can make a call. Like there's there's so many redundancies now that. It's not. I don't yeah, think it's, I never thought about that now, but I guess if you're low enough, you can make a cell phone call from an yeah, airplane. Yeah. Um, I was FaceTiming people the other day from... from yeah, this oh. does not sound safe, Callum. This does oh, not no. sound safe. No, totally safe. Are you flying the plane? And listen, if we can't drive our cars and FaceTime, I don't think you should be flying a plane <laughs> and, and FaceTime. Yeah, I don't know. I, I won't comment on that. How, how, does, uh, how, does this, how does this work when you're trying to get your light, pilot license? Like, how's the first time in the air? You're just sitting next to your coach, trainer guy? Yeah, you got your instructor beside okay. you. Um, and uh, you start off, it starts off, it's super overwhelming. There's so much going on. And just one by one, they introduce, introduce you to a new thing. Um, and then basically they eventually, once you've done so many takeoffs and landings, they'll just send you solo. And have you done solo yet? Yeah. Yeah. I've passed. I've got my oh, license. Totally so I'm flying. Th- yeah. Oh, got yeah. it. Where, where, where go if you want to go. Dude, this sounds scary. No, I'm kind of scared. <laughs> These little planes kind of freak me out a little bit. I got to no, tell you the they're truth. Good. They're pretty safe. No, I know, but remember Ryan Holiday? The blue? No, you're probably too young. No. He's a Blue Jays yeah, pitcher. Know. He had one of those tiny, tiny little single planes and it yeah. went down off the coast of right. Florida. No, he never heard this. No. No, all the Kennedys, I feel like, didn't the, the youngest son in the Kennedy family, didn't he go down in some plane going to Martha's Vineyard? Or yeah, something? I did. All these I crazy that. stories, small planes. No, no, I want a big plane. I want a big... We maybe can get a, you a big plane. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah. Okay, maybe we get some private plane. But uh, that sounds freaky to me. So you now have your pilot uh, pilot license. You can take... For, how many people up can go up in this plane with you? You can take a buddy or two? Um, yeah, like the plane that I'm flying right now has four seats. You can fly some private pilot, which basically means I just can't fly for money. That's a big difference between the commercial and the private. Um, however, you can get type certified for different planes. So if I were to get uh, certified on a six, eight seater, you could still fly that. 
And have you taken pilot. three other people up with you? No, I've only taken one because okay. I'm still renting their planes and that's their policy right now with COVID. Okay. It's just and even with year. one other pl- uh, person in the plane, how's the weight distribution on that? Can you feel, can, on such small planes, do you feel that at all? Uh, no, you, you feel a bit different, maybe a little bit depending on the weights, but I'm used to flying with two from my instructor being in the plane the whole time. Yeah, okay, too, that right? makes sense. Yeah, yeah, cause my first thought is, holy smokes, if I have four people in there, I just feel like it'll the definitely be can, different. Yeah, 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 maneuvering that thing. Mm-hmm, when it's a small plane. Yeah. You, you taking your father up in this plane yet? No. See, yet. he's smart. He's, he's not he's, going up on the plane. Yeah. He's waving at you from the ground, flashing <laughs> green and red lights at you. Probably. Totally. To get back down on that ground. <laughs> but funny. I think, I think you're a real estate angle, dude. I think this is a brilliant idea. You do Muskoka tours from here who people don't, because people don't have time. For sure. You do them from here. Mm-hmm. You're living in Oakville. You got the Oakville, Burlington, Mississauga, Tobacco kind of crew all uh, all living around you. They want some Muskoka properties. You fly them up, pull into these cottages, you show the properties, and That's then you the fly plan. them home. Mm-hmm. This is like a brilliant thing. Dude, you have your pilot's license and your real estate license. You make deals in the plane. Yeah, that's that's the that's the angle right now. But um, the, I don't think people know that the general aviation how many uh, like airports are everywhere that are that are accessible. Because yeah, when you I think have, of just normal planes, you think of flying into Pearson or you're going to Montreal or you're going to those big airports where there's dozens of these small ones all over the place. I flew into Grimsby last night. They have really? A cute little. You runway. fly over Lake Ontario. Yeah, Dude, technic- that's petrifying to me. <laughs> No, that's completely petrifying. I'd never go over in a little plane. You're flying over the lake. Mm-hmm. No, no, no dude. you're always no, thinking not, what, not what happens if the engine fails, right? So, yeah, you, you just plan it. There's lots of fields around. There's tons of fields. Yeah, but over we'll the lake. Field. See, on a small plane, if I'm over land, at least I feel like the engine goes. I can glide onto a highway mm-hmm. somewhere. Well, that's but the, over the, the lake. The rule over water is you have to be within gliding distance, unless you have uh, life jackets or a raft on board. Okay. Yeah, no, this whole thing sounds just totally petrifying. We'll go up soon. No, no, just (laughs) never, man. I'm going to be the one flashing the lights at you with your father on the ground there, just staring up at you. Yeah. But, uh, okay, so what else? You you build wooden wooden squat racks, you sell them from your garage. You got your pilot's license. You started in residential real estate, moved to commercial, and you're flipping property. Is your uncle helping you out with the flips? He does a lot. Yeah, I I owe a lot of credit to him. What's his custom home builder in Oakville? What's his name? Uh, his name's Darren Matthews. He kind of does, uh, he's very like a specialty builder. He's not firing out 10 in a year. He just, he just does one or two, uh, max, but he's there the whole time. He just built, um, one of my clients is, um, uh, perfect swing. They just went into Cornwall road. They're a golf, uh, academy and it's, it's one of the most luxury, nice golf places you'd ever go into. And they got all the simulators in there and stuff like that. And, uh, he did the build out for them recently and, uh, it's gorgeous. So nice in there. Yeah, so you have all the right connections, man, mm-hmm. because I don't know, uh, and you, I think you know this from us, investors who, um, you know, are looking at real estate right now, if they can get a legal duplex where you can base almost double up the income mm-hmm. on the property, we can't uh, find enough of those. So someone like yourself, and I know, I know in today's real estate market, especially on the residential side, there's always demand, mm-hmm. but uh, if you can build those properly, like they have to be the right size to get the right rents and stuff like that in there, there to me in the next 10 years, there's insatiable demand for those kinds of properties. Yeah, so oh, for sure. if you can put those out the door, we definitely want to keep connected to you because we are interested in, in those properties. Mm-hmm. I was actually just on the phone with a a builder out of London, Ontario, who's going to start putting those out on a more um, consistent basis. Yeah. Um, that's the big opportunity in residential for sure. For sure. There's, um, there's a property uh, I can tell you about, I guess it's coming out uh, September 15th, uh, which is in Hamilton. It's it's literally like 50 meters from McMaster. 
six bedrooms student house not a duplex but you'd still get you still get some good rent for those bedrooms um How, this is a property you picked up this is one i'm listing oh this is one this you're is listing. coming to market okay on and is it 15th. is it um how's the condition inside needs work <laughs> yeah okay okay so there's an opportunity for, yeah, for this yeah, thing yeah. and how are the bedrooms laid out like is it basement main floor a second floor there's yeah there's three levels um the basements are uh, or sorry there's three bedrooms in the basement actually and then uh one on the main floor and two upstairs so you have six total but it is a project for somebody this this will be somebody that wants to come in and needs a new kitchen um most of the a, hamilton student rentals they're going to need some work yeah yeah you can usually get away with with like uh, just some new paint and and leave old floors because i don't think it'll affect your your rate per room uh, especially when you're so close to the room but it does it needs a new kitchen the bathrooms need updating and it's uh how close to the university like 50 feet got it's, it it's it's a job and is it fully rented right now no, it's vacant right now. So okay. the guy, the guy they that, chose not to, because we're seeing student rental demand still, but did he have people bail on him or just choose not no, to? No, he told me he had some family friends that were living in there last that he was just renting to four people. So he wasn't even filling all the rooms. This this was a guy that bought this when he went to McMaster about 20 years ago and he just kept it. Uh, but he lives, uh, he's he lives never done with, anything to it. No, yeah. he's just rented it out and he lives way up north now. He's not even really around. So he's just, he's at the point where he just wants it. Uh, he just wants to offload it. So, oh, the, you're so going to sell the, the, you're going to sell this thing. Uh, even with McMaster. It, yeah. For anyone listening, if you're not aware, McMaster is like fully, they're one of the few universities that just went to full closure and basically said, students don't even show up to campus, please. And I think everybody thought that was going to cause a panic in the McMaster student rental market. Like people were just going to be mm-hmm. bailing. But what we found is students don't want to live at home with their parents. Exactly. And all the all the properties exactly. that are rented out stayed rented out. Yeah. Um, so if you have something available now, there's even, there, even now there's going to be demand for it. How's the access to the basement? Is there um, like window sizes? Is there a second? An entrance by chance no there's um the, you could make it this stair the staircase is on right on the side of the house so there's a, there's an op- option probably to punch a door in uh and separate it on student rentals that's so handy just having mm-hmm. that option is handy so yeah, that, that's for cool. another room but uh yeah i'll send it over to, to a couple of your guys too and then you guys can pass it out yeah, yeah, totally. We're yeah. going to have people interested in that mm-hmm. um, for sure. McMaster has it. McMaster, this is, if you're not familiar with the student rental market, like McMaster student body, I believe last time I checked was like 32,000 people. So these universities are like little cities within a city yeah. and yeah. they have their whole, their, you know, their own ecosystem going on. It's going to be interesting as this whole COVID thing, you know, goes through its waves, um, how the foreign students in Canada are going to behave. Yeah. Because right now we haven't seen any um, impact on the student rental housing market at all. Mm-hmm. But I'm just wondering if a vaccine doesn't come out for this thing, what happens to next year? Um, do foreign students come back? How's that all going to work? So we'll, we'll, that's kind of what we're keeping an eye yeah. on. Yeah. And I think they will. We're just just curious to see how that's going to unfold. I think they will. I agree. People people at that age, too, they want out of their house. They don't want to be living with their parents. And they'll they'll do anything. They'll just they'll work. Uh, on the side and just pay for that room yeah totally to be out of there totally yeah i agree and i just think canada's still a destination like if you are you know if you are somewhere like the main entry points or main student body outside of canada where we seem to get a lot of students from are going to be india pakistan china those are maybe the three maybe mm, yeah we're still getting um different european countries as mm-hmm. well but those countries definitely feed into the student population body here and i just think canada's still a destination I think like so. if you have the ability to send your kids away, you still want them to come over here, get educated, get status in this country, maybe work for a couple of years. Then they can choose if they want to come back or stay here and yeah. kind of form a new life here. So that 
that ideal hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. So I still think that's going to drive the foreign student population here, but time time will tell. It will. Um, okay, same, so... Yeah, same with the commercial and how it'll flow to residential. I don't know. I'm not sure how that's going to play out eventually as well, but I do know the commercial's hurting right now, big time. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to be fast. I mean, now that I know that you're playing in this market, I really, really wasn't fully aware. I'm going to definitely keep tabs on what you're seeing because... Um, I know even where we are here, somebody bought one of the units where we are here and is renting it out. And mm-hmm. I know people are looking at it like they're getting demand and it might have just been rented. So there's that there's some activity. To me, it's just the downtown core. Mm-hmm. I have some tough. Of, tough. Oh, yeah. I've got a listing that's been up there for uh, almost a year. What, over what, a year now. what type of listing It's right on the corner? Uh, it's a corner unit. It used to be Nina's photography. Okay. It's got it's all it's corner units, all glass. It's it's gorgeous unit, but it's it's small. What it's part tight. of Toronto? So give me some. No, but, uh, Oakville here. Oh, right Oakville. Downtown. Oh, right downtown, downtown here in Oakville. Yeah. Oh, dude, when you say downtown, I'm oh, you downtown Toronto. Toronto. Yeah. Downtown Oakville. I I don't go to the city a whole lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Downtown Oakville. Yeah, and it's been hard to rent it out. It's been yeah. tough. Yeah. Same with some stuff, but like, and, and then like some some people are moving in. Uh, weirdly, there's like a chocolate factory kind of thing coming in to downtown. Yeah, I think I saw that. Did you see that? That yeah. was that was leased by by us too. But oh, really? Oh, mm-hmm. my family alone and my daughter will definitely support. We'll probably be awesome. there enough that they'll be able to pay their <laughs> oh, rent. No problem. We're, we're right next door, <laughs> so you can come in and say hi to us. Yeah. Oh, is that where your office is? Yeah. yeah. We're right opposite Starbucks, straight downtown. Oakville. Yeah. Cool. Nice. Okay. Anything? What else have we not covered about you? Are do you do CrossFit yourself? Uh, no, I do a whole whole lot. I usually just change it up, but uh, but. Uh, yeah, I go to One Health Clubs right up here. Oh Usually. yeah, that's where you go. Nice and close. Oh, yeah. Gosh, yeah. I mean, no, the Good right. Life just opened. Now we almost signed Movadi across the street, but they they pulled out. Yeah. Do you know what's going in across the street here? On four seven. Yeah. The offices. The the ones right across here on Iroquois. Yeah, yeah. That well, it's just flex office space right now. The whole thing. Yeah, the front is going to be retail, but they don't have any tenants uh, signed yeah, as of it. yet. Um, they're, they're, they th- told me they were talking with a couple of coffee shops, which would be nice. Yeah. Okay. A coffee shop. Uh, yeah, I'm looking for a couple of clients to go into there, but, but, uh, cool. We'll see. Callum, thanks for sitting down doing this, man. So anyone listening to this, where are they? How do they, how do they find you? Give out your website, email. I can't pronounce your brokerage's name my properly. So you, you say the brokerage <laughs> or hand out your contact information. Yeah. My, my brokerage is Angle and Volkers. It's a German company. Um, so you can reach me at, uh, callum.wallace at evrealestate.com is my email. Uh, or you can find me on Instagram at callumwallace11. Yeah, cool, man. Appreciate uh, appreciate you doing this. What's uh, what's what's next uh, on your story? Do you think is it the the real estate move, the the pilot thing? What, how does how does the next five years of your life unfold? Yeah, now now well, now I think now it's figuring out how to incorporate the the flying into my into my job because I, I love doing it. It's yeah, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, maybe you'll, maybe, maybe you'll leave real estate behind. I don't know. But you know where you're going? Yeah. So good. Now I'm just thinking about you're going to another industry that's being impacted during oh, this yeah. whole COVID thing. But you're in the know. transportation industry. Yeah. Oh, for sure. The airlines have been hit hard, but but maybe more people will start to go to the, the private side and fly more like on the smaller scale yeah, that's to true. avoid the big plane. Yeah, that's true. Staying more local. Yeah, maybe that evolves. If that doesn't work out for you, I really think you should start selling chocolate in downtown. Chocolate, yeah. I think that's going to be the play. I might eat it. We'll see. <laughs> Thanks for this, man. I appreciate it. Colin. Thank you. Thanks. Doug. Hey, everybody. So hopefully you enjoyed that chat with Callum Wallace. Great guy. We're going to bring him back after we ended the podcast. He went on to tell me all the things he's doing with planes and flying. So uh, there's a whole second part to his story that one day we will reveal. But uh, Callum, thanks for coming on. That's it for now. Listen, if you want a free copy of one of our books, the place to find them is www.rockstarinnercircle.com forward slash books. That's www.rockstarinnercircle.com 
www.thinkandgrowbusiness.com forward slash books. Until next time, your life, your terms.